With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fumes de Mali, Paris. Oh. 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 Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, this one. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. I'm J.E. Skeets, right here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you! Next to him, it's the beard one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. 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 And over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. Oh, and he's got to be pissed after I just made the mics no, go crazy. I had it cranked for no buns for some reason, and then, yeah, you yelled into it. Sorry about that. No, Sorry about it's, that. Uh, it's me. It's on me. <laughs> Shout out to the stream team. Just like Turner, I'm going to take a responsibility for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, stream team. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Send in your questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. Hit us up on Twitter at nodunksinc. And later today, if you're a fan of the Vroom Vrooms, I always do that when we do Vroom Vroom, but they don't do that in a car. <laughs> uh, new No Breaks with Trey and Graydon recapping the F1 race in Austin, Texas. Boston, Texas. You think it would be an advantage? <laughs> That's a fucking advantage? weird start to today's yeah, show. Yeah, it's a weird one. one. Would it be an advantage to drive a Formula One car with a motorcycle handlebars? <laughs> think about it. We'll get into that more at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern on No Bunts. Yeah, those no, are... no breaks. One. Oh, my God. Uh, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, JD, just start over. <laughs> Run it back, Turbo. <laughs> just start the whole show over. Go ahead. What, what are you going to yeah, Well, to I was going to say... Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> well, motorcycle riders that do the lazy or easy riding way up, those handlebars that are way up, yeah. they're like shoulder level. It must be tiring. Yeah, it must be extremely tiring on the arms. I'm surprised. I, I would, I, I would never do that. <laughs> hunched. I'd rather be hunched over. Yeah, how's that? More you know, comfortable? it's more comfortable. <laughs> or you're gonna ride a tricycle. Tricycles are fun. Those ones. We have uh, a lot of NBA games to get to. A lot of NBA headlines to tackle. But, 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 we had another wedgie last night, and this one happened in Portland, and that means the wedgie whisperer himself, Lamar Hurd, was on the call. Have a listen. There you, you go. That's you, a first of the year for you. You know what that means. We have a wedgie. <laughs> I, I, I got to get the tally from, from, from the No Dunks group. You know, they, they, they track every wedgie. WedgieTracker.com. Put it in the books. <laughs> Put it's it in the books. There it is, number two. WedgieTracker.com. They were a little slow to the first one, updating the website. Lowry mm-hmm. the other night, but now they're on it. Yeah. yeah. I like how Kevin Calabro, play-by-play announcer for the Blazers, says... That's the first one of the season for you, to Lamar Hurd. As in, I don't, I don't touch these wedgies. That's all you. Go, go crazy. And Lamar Hurd, obviously, jumping all over it. Yeah. It's just, 
It's meant to be. He gets all the wedges. Why are they always happening in Portland? It is astonishing. It's the humidity, I do think. <laughs> I think the balls are stickier. <laughs> it's possible. It's I don't possible. know. I just think so. Okay. Uh, let's get into a little what you got. What you got? It's hot. Used to be a little freezing in the A. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about basketball. Bars. All right, first one here. What you got? You know, I throw a couple options at you guys. You tell me uh, which one you want to go with. We'll start with this. Monday night's more impressive duo. Because we got two incredible backcourt performances from two teams in wins. Lillard and Simons with the Blazers taking care of the Nuggets at home, where we saw that wedgie happen. Or John Morant and Desmond Bain with with the Grizzlies uh, beating the Brooklyn Nets. Very difficult choice here. Very, yeah, yeah. Both incredible performances. I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies because I couldn't really pick who had the more impressive performance from that team, from Morant and Desmond Bain. Mm. Phenomenal stuff. Bain coming out there in the third quarter, getting hot for 19 of his points. Uh, but I think John Morant was the more impressive guy. That team worth the discounted league pass price they're putting out there this year on their own. Morant, mm-hmm. phenomenal. John Morant has never lost to the Brooklyn Nets. 5-0 and against the Brooklyn Nets. The Memphis Grizzlies, 7-0 and uh, under Taylor Jenkins against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. They've won their last seven games. It's an incredible place nice. to watch a game. Uh, John Morant, the, the, the left-handed alley-oop dunk, the two-handed dunk, the passing, the... The everything, the fouling out of Ben Simmons and then recalling after the game the same thing he did in his rookie year to Ben Simmons to foul him out uh, against the Sixers way back when. I mean, just so much there. And the uh, the, the, the the injection of Santi Aldama into the, uh, the starting lineup. I, I know we're talking about Morant and Bain, which is phenomenal, but you don't really miss Jaron Jackson Jr. right now. If there's one team that can just pick somebody up off the bench and insert him into the starting lineup, they're 3-1. and one. Part of that reason is because Aldama's got a ton of confidence. He had 17 in this one, can shoot, uh, can obviously drive. So a a ridiculous performance against a a crappy Brooklyn Nets defense that is going to fall apart as this season goes along. They're 1-3 to start this season, but crazy stuff uh, in both cities. So we can – I couldn't couldn't really decide, but – in the end, yeah. you're leaning yeah. towards Jaw and Bane. Yeah, Jaw and Bane, because there's just some good storylines around there. And and, and I, I kind of have an aversion to watching the Brooklyn Nets, i got to be honest. It's like, I want to avoid them. It's, mm. it's, it's disease-like. I, I don't want to see that defense play, uh, but they wanted this game. They did, uh, but they just can't stop anybody. When you got two guards like that, they, they can try with a Ben Simmons, but they can't stop two guards like that. More impressive uh, backcourt duo last night, Lillers and Simon, Simons or John Bain. You know it's a special night when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant go for 74 points combined, and they're coming in a clear third Clearly. here. So, yeah, John Bain were awesome, 38 apiece, but I will go with Lillard and Simons just because Anthony Simons exploding for 22 points in six minutes was the coolest thing I think that happened last night. Yep. He hit six straight threes. Three of them? He was blanketed by Contavious oh. Caldwell Pope. And it was honestly like Clay Thompson-esque, the way they were just forcing the ball to him, saying, get the get the shot up because it's probably going in. Dame Lillard was coming down and just calling a play for Anthony Simons every time down the court. Um, there were questions, myself included, if Simons would be able to repeat his performance last year. 
alongside Damian Lillard uh, coming into this season. He looks like he's got it going. And last night, despite the fact that Lillard and Simons only went for 60 points combined, mm-hmm. a mere 60, uh, they got to be the more impressive duo for at least last night, just because watching somebody get 22 and a quarter is pretty crazy. Oh, my God. We're always talking about, or I guess we did on the other podcast, uh, you know, if you woke up out of the coma and you had to pick between watching the best dunks of the season and the best dimes of the season, what would you pick? The real answer for me is a guy that catches fire in the NBA. There is nothing better than someone that is just unconscious for like a five to six minute stretch, especially at home. And when they're just like, give them the ball. Everybody knows where it's going. KCP's all over him. Gordon was all over him in Simon's case here I'm talking about. And it doesn't matter. He even said after the game, like, I hit one of them blind. Like, there was yeah. the one where he's barely, he can barely even see the rim at the top, and he just chucks it up. So the 22 points in that explosion there uh, was a lot of fun. I guess, so I go with them last night as my answer to this in the What You Got, but I do wonder if John Morant and Desmond Bain, are they the best backcourt in the league? I know Curry and, and Clay would have something to say about that, but, man, you, they're on the short list, right? And maybe Lillard and Simons, too, at this point, but, man, Morant and Bain, with what we've seen already from them, a year prior, and then now this year, their start. Uh, I mean, they just, they're they are there to me, right? Yeah, yeah. And when you're led by John Morant, they have that confidence. It uh, was a blast coming out of the locker room there because they wanted to, to give it to Kyrie and Kevin Durant, who, as Trey mentioned, both had 37. Just, you know, thinking about that, two, two sets of teammates, 37 plus. 37-37 for the Nets. 38 and 38 for the Grizzlies duo hasn't happened since 1983 where two sets of teammates have done that. So that was hard to do, but yeah, they, the Grizzlies have it all together and this is a a team that's for real. And yeah, on the Simons front, he had two bad games that he's coming off of uh, five of 17 performances. He got that one layup with uh, three minutes into the third quarter. And then that got him going a mid range shot. And then Lillard happy to pass it to him. And it was a little warriors esque, as soon as Lillard gave him the ball, just like the Warriors throw up their hands when Curry lets it go, that's what Lillard was doing. He'd throw it to Simons after he got those two early buckets in the quarter, and then they started raining down 6-7 of seven from 3 uh, in the quarter. 22 of his 29. Incredible. I love it. I just love it at home, like I said. Like the bench going nuts, too. I think there's like I think even the NBA with their clip of this game where Simon's going off. They chose not Simon shooting a three, but like the Blazers bench just like going bonkers, just going nuts because yeah. they don't know what to do. Uh, and this was a game that they tra- trailed really early. The Blazers did. Look- looked like the Nuggets might take care of business. And then, man, they got back yeah. in a hurry and put up a whole lot of points. And Lillard, I mean, we're glossing over him here, but like what a start to the season. I mean, he's like an MVP candidate again. Yeah. Uh, they're the lone undefeated team in the Western Conference and a sign of a good team. The Nuggets gave it to him in the first half. It looked like the Nuggets uh, were going to win this game. Yeah. Uh, you had Nikola Jokic back to the basket, about 17, 18 feet from the basket, gets the ball uh, with Nurkic on his back. Left hand, just a lob over his shoulder into the lane, over a defender to a streaking Jeff Green for a play. A fantastic pass. An incredible pass. It's got to be one of the best passes of the season that probably won't make a top 10 list uh, when it comes down to it just because he makes it look so freaking easy. Uh, but he wasn't really taking it to the Blazers. It was an mm-hmm. odd night well, He was in foul trouble all night long. Yes, he was. He was, but... Four shot attempts. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, uh, it was it was strange, but a good sign for a Blazers team coming out of the break. They're down uh, and uh, putting it all together there. That's why it, it was 
one of these games I, I liked uh, because I watched after the fact and I didn't know uh, how the Blazers were going to do it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And then that was a, a blast for me to watch uh, Simons in that third quarter. Uh, and one of the best uh, places to uh, to watch a game there in Portland as well. The, both Portland and Memphis. Oh, yeah. Those are great rivals for uh, one of the best arenas to watch a game. I was going to say, are you getting the itch to uh, to get us all together, do the road trip again to Memphis after seeing like just like the highlight tape that John Morant already has four games into the season? It's like would be most players like they would be happy with like these 10 plays that he has from four games for the entirety <laughs> of a season. So do we need to go to Memphis to see this again in person? But you hated it. You hated. What do you mean? I hated, you hated driving. You, you were complaining about. I didn't driving. drive. Yeah. I, I know, but you didn't like driving there. You didn't no, like when fly. we went an Let's hour fly. out of the way. You didn't like well, that, that was for my some fun. reason. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Thank God for me, we would have never got to Memphis. I'm the one that finally spoke up from the back seat, going, "I think we're going the wrong way." Yeah. Well, listen, I you was didn't driving. You want to go to Tuscaloosa? Come on, <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, I love college football. <laughs> I met that Mississippi trooper, who's a very nice fellow, who pulled us over. Uh, it was my fault. We were in a rental. He wasn't I didn't that plug nice. in my car. He wasn't that nice? He gave you a ticket. Yeah. Yeah, but he also yeah. <laughs> would have been nicer. So, if he would have been a agree. lot nicer. If he yeah, did. yeah, but he got us in and out in like nine minutes. <laughs> that was a quick that stop. Was huge. A quick stop. <laughs> it was huge for a guy that went the absolute wrong way, and, and then we were driving in the wilderness. I mean, if we yeah, I if, if I took us off the road there looking for the maps, I don't know if we'd be here today. <laughs> Who true. knows? We would be in a cornfield somewhere right now. It was my fault. It was my fault. We were in a rental. I didn't plug. I was comfortable with Trey taking over the maps. If I was in my Ooh, own car, yeah. I'd be on the maps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but we just, I just thought. I'm an idiot. Anyway, we'll uh, the most we'll impressive get this duo time. that day was me and Grish in the back seat, and not you two in the front seat. Uh, yeah, yeah, put yeah. The pole up. I'm telling you, it, it looked like a straight shot. Tash showed me the map. Looked very straight. We're fine. So we stupid. should be okay. Uh, we're going back to Memphis. We have to redeem ourselves. We should That's go right. now. We should go not specifically right now, but Let's we should go. go while John Morant's shooting 60 percent from three yeah. because he's guaranteed to have like a ridiculous yeah. game. We might be able to get there for the first 50 point game of the uh, year. And we're staying. The, the lesson learned is we're staying the night too. Yeah, and that was our other thing. We, yeah, and there, going that, that we're was going annoying. the right way as well. <laughs> Another good lesson. We've learned so much. Uh, let's hear from you guys in the stream team. Everybody listening to the podcast, watching later. All of these, what you got? Let's hear your answers. I think that one is a fun one from last night. The more impressive duo for Monday night is it Lillard and Simons or is it John Morant and Bain, both in victories? Uh, next one. Let's put it like this: What was the worst loss last night? The Wolves to the Spurs. Or the Celtics to the Bulls, who got punked in the end. Uh, Trey, get us started. That's a disrespectful question. <laughs> Come on, man. The Bulls made the playoffs last year. The Bulls beat the Celtics last year. It's got to be the Wolves losing to the Spurs. you got to get creative with yeah, some of these yeah, sometimes. Yeah, to go I, yeah it's good. It's good. It gives me something to get fired up about. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised that uh, the Wolves lost to the undefeated San Antonio Spurs. They still undefeated? No, no. no, they, no they took they a loss. Yeah, they took a loss. Nonetheless, the Spurs led by 35 in the fourth quarter of this game. That's honestly ridiculous. Minnesota now has losses to the Spurs and Jazz and are squeaking by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. We've seen Rudy Gobert has now called the team out defensively after these two losses, once for attention to detail, once for effort. He is always going to speak his mind when it comes to competing on the defensive end. And the Timberwolves haven't done it yet. They haven't competed on the defensive end. It's almost like they thought, we're bringing in Rudy Gobert. Instantly, we're going to have a good defense. And that has been far from the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're getting ran around like crazy. It's all about ball movement. If you pass the ball, you're going to beat the Timberwolves right now. You're going to get some open threes, and the Spurs were able to do that last night. 
Also, Anthony Edwards looks a little disconnected from the team right now. He was missing a bunch of layups last night or kind of just standing around waiting for something to happen. He seems to be a little bit lost with the geometry of the floor changing. So this, the Wolves, you know, I kind of think there was an idea that Rudy Gobert coming in and addressing their weaknesses, defense and rebounding, would change things perfectly. And they would pick up right where they left off at the end of last season. Obviously, there's a lot to work through. They've got the time to do it. You would rather struggle at the beginning of the season, but it ain't clicking right now at all. Yeah, Chris Finch after the game said, right now this team's personality is kind of timid. Doesn't like what he saw. He actually left the starters in at the end of this game. They're down like 30 points. He brought them back, I should say, <laughs> with the sole purpose is to like get them some reps. Even though we're getting killed here by the Spurs, like let's uh, let's run some stuff here and uh, try and get a little more comfortable with each other, which you don't see that often. But what do you, what do you think to this one? Oh, they were embarrassed. They truly were embarrassed because, as I mentioned, a good team like the Blazers coming out of halftime in their own building, the Grizzlies coming out of halftime in their own building, after you get mopped in the first half, you come out and play better. They got ran out of the building in the first half. It looked like a bunch of young guys, Jeremy Sohan and Keldon Johnson and, and Trey Jones, just playing against old guys who are ready to retire. They just didn't want to make any sort of second effort. The fast break points, 24-2 in transition, 39 points right off the bat in that first quarter. So thinking, watching this game, that they'd come out with a little bit of tenacity. Uh, the assistant coach of the Timberwolves was interviewed at halftime, and usually an assistant coach doesn't say anything of importance. You know, it's it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's button-down stuff. You know, keep it close to the vest. Hey, you know, we got to work on this, blah, blah, blah. He said, they're making us run around out there like we're in a Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> no, maybe it's, don't say that to your team because Tom and Jerry, I don't think that's really going to resonate <laughs> with young like, people who? these days. <laughs> I mean, if, it's kind of hard. Who do you go with in a, in a situation like that, like a cartoon, modern-day cartoon? I mean, even Bugs, I think, would be smarter if you're going to go oldie. <laughs> but uh, with a new one, like SpongeBob? SpongeBob and Patrick? I don't know if that <laughs> has the running same around? Yeah. It's tough to run underwater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but He's I think skinny legs. <laughs> I mean, people are doing it. Uh, they were doing it for the Cleveland Guardians. There was a, a SpongeBob out there, and it was a young person wearing okay. a SpongeBob. Okay. Co- anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways, point is, they knew at halftime they were getting destroyed. Even their assistant coach, Mike and yeah. Nori, was very clear that we stunk. And then they came out there and stunk some more. Uh, in the second half, that was I was truly embarrassing. Spurs thirty-six to fourteen in that third quarter. Yeah, the Wolves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, they they it, it really looked like old guys who didn't want to play defense what whatsoever. And I I, I know you know and when when all of a sudden done, they're two and two and it's mm-hmm. not it's not absolutely horrible. But um, everybody just made them look bad, especially as I mentioned this the Spurs team kind of fun because they have all these athletes. Yeah. Uh, they want to run 94 feet. But they're playing fast. They're playing it's weird fast to see a Spurs hard, team yeah. play so yes. quick. Yeah. And uh, they, they have some vets like Jakob Pertle and Jason Richardson that could be a good match for a Russell Westbrook trade hey, that we'll hey, get to a little hey. bit later. I didn't see that coming uh, from the Sham Sharani article. But, you can't break uh, up the Spurs at 3-1. <laughs> yeah, can't break them up. And I don't know, don't know if Westbrook would fit on the uh, San Antonio Spurs. But uh, <laughs> here we are. Wolves, yeah, as, as you said. The, the Anthony Edwards thing, he said after the game, I suck in back-to-backs. Going back to last season, I can't play on the second half of a back-to-back. He was 3 of 15. But he also said uh, that we're a lot better, as you said yesterday, with 
a smaller lineup out there and mm. not Rudy Gobert <laughs> sort of clogging the lane. And you had Carl Anthony Towns kind of calling out Anthony Edwards uh, in post game, saying, you media think it's funny when he says he eats Popeyes, but I don't think it's funny that he eats Popeyes. <laughs> Basically calling him out for being out of shape. And, I mean, the Timberwolves look slow. They were a team that played really fast last year. They had a whole bunch of turnovers with Jared Vanderbilt, Jay, uh, McDaniels trying to get in passing lanes, and Patrick Beverly bringing yeah. a lot of intensity with losing Vanderbilt and Beverly, they seem to have lost a little bit of intensity. Spark. And certainly the Spurs were the faster team. 37 assists for the Spurs, 39 assists for the Jazz. They're just able to get the ball moving, and the yeah. ball is moving a lot faster than the Timberwolves can right now. Yeah, and you'd think with two monstrous seven-footers kind of hanging around by the rim, you wouldn't have easy buckets. And they were by the rim, but just one extra pass to the three-point line, and these three-pointers were so wide open uh, for the Spurs. So did we underestimate the chemistry change of Rudy Gobert coming in and Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt going up. Maybe that was their first year where they got things together and obviously it could pick up, but yeah, the, the chemistry of those guys in the locker room has yeah just not bonded quite yet. And what happened in this Celtics Bulls game? Because Boston were up like 50 <laughs> points. It felt like and it was going to be a wrap. And then the Bulls just went on this insane run. And then everybody was getting tossed left and right. Like, <laughs> give me the Coles notes on this game. Uh, Goran Dragic is good apparently again. Mm. Uh, that's basically what it comes down to. He has been a huge pickup for the Bulls. Andre Drummond I thought was great in this one, but it was really the Bulls second unit plus Zach Levine that came in and played really, really fast. Dragic was pushing the pace, and just that little bit smaller uh, team kind of turned the tide uh, with their athleticism. Vooch was also really, really good. We'll get to him in a little bit here uh, on his birthday, but he was just (laughs) dominant inside. So this was probably the best the Bulls have looked to start this season. Levine's looking all right. Um, So, yeah, I was certainly surprised because it did not start off good. Tatum was cooking. I think he had 15 in the first quarter. Texting back and forth with my friends. Unfortunately, the Bulls aren't on this level. You know, the Celtics <laughs> are just too good. And then by the second half, it was the Bulls or Eastern Conference favorites. <laughs> oh, We're like, 100% back right now. And uh, Grant Williams, I know, got tossed for uh, what appeared to be accidental contact, if I'm being honest. I think With so. the referee. I don't think he was, like, aggressively going at him. I think he was just, like, he was angry with Big the reaction. call. And then bumped him. He's a doesn't know where his body starts and ends, I guess. And, and, and he, I mean, he made contact with yeah. the official, but I thought that was a bit I bad. thought it was accidental. Yeah. And, and you also had uh, Mark Smart, Mark Smart, Mark is Smart hammering a ball into an official's head. Yeah. Uh, a couple times. A couple times. <laughs> a very strange one. Should we make a blooper video of that? Let us know. Let's put up a YouTube poll. Let us know. Should we make a blooper <laughs> okay. video of Marcus Smart blo- booping? That's, is that the word for uh, hitting uh, a referee? Yeah, that's a doink. doink. That's, that's a double a, doink. It's a double doink? Yeah. 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 Alliteration. Let's let's see what the people say. Uh, all right. Our next one. More surprising one in three start. The Miami Heat or the Philadelphia 76ers? Sixers got their first win of the season last night against the Pacers. They needed that or Doc Rivers was going to be gone, as we were talking about. And then the Heat, uh, they lost to the Raptors last night. That was a split there in South Beach. Uh, they beat the Raptors on Saturday night. They lose last night. But both of these teams that a lot of people were, of course, high on in the Eastern Conference, 1-3. and three. What's the more surprising start to I think, overall, it's the Philadelphia 76ers. But we've talked so much about this Philadelphia 76ers team. Can't do it anymore. I want to talk about the Heat. You're playing against a, a good team at in a situation where you're playing two games against them, yeah. it's hard to sweep. So it makes sense that the Raptors were able to win. The Heat have lost to the Celtics and now the Raptors in two of their three losses. So that's kind of understandable, especially when you're playing against a defense like the Toronto Raptors. My 
goodness. The way they get out on the ball handler. Nick Nurse will never lay back on a ball handler. As head coach of the Raptors, he will never, ever, ever allow a guy to go in, into the paint. So he gets out, he gets his guys out on the ball handler. They make a pass. Uh, the other team does the heat in this situation. And the Raptors are so good at scrambling yeah. and, and corralling and doubling and getting the ball out of that guy's hands. It's because uh, their defense is their offense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can't score in the half-court set, but, man, it can they can get score hideous. in transition, and they know it. Yeah, yeah. you're right. They're a transition team, uh, but they're able to hold the Miami Heat to 14 points in the fourth quarter because they're just – they're too much. They are too much. They are a vice grip. That's what they do, and it was uh, – it was it was fun to watch from a defensive perspective. It wasn't a pretty game whatsoever, and the Raps yeah get their points from from scrambling. And uh, Pascal Siakam, even though he had a bad shooting night, was the best player on the floor uh, because you can go to him right now. He is the go-to guy for the Raps. Uh, he's had a great start to the season, both offensively and defensively. Uh, one of the best few players in the league, I think. He's he's just been. So good. Yeah. Uh, so he's been Hit spectacular. A big jumper last night to basically yeah. uh, win the game there for the Raptors. Yep. Uh, Raptors are playing a lot of close games here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three point win over the Cavs. They had a four point loss to the Nets, a three point loss to the Heat. They came back in the second half there on Saturday night, but couldn't get it done. And now this eight point victory against all these Eastern Conference teams that are probably in their mix, right? Cavs, Brooklyn, Miami. Uh, a lot of people have the Raptors sort of in that tier with these teams. So a big win there. But. What have you thought of Miami Heat? I think they've been a weird team to start this season. I can't really... Tass is totally right. We've talked about the Sixers so much that we're kind of ignoring the fact that the Heat are really struggling out of the gate here. They're 27th in offense and 18th in defense. And a lot of it comes down to Kyle Lowry. 10-4-4 on the season, 28 from the field, 28 from three. Doesn't look to have much burst right now. Doesn't look to have much change in his fitness compared to last season. And the big thing for the Heat right now is they are not getting any three-point attempts up. They're 25th in attempts, 21st in percentage, adds up to 24th in makes. They need three-point shooting on this team. Jimmy can get to the hoop. He can get free throws. Bam will give you 16-20, to perhaps. But you look back at their most successful teams, 2020 and 2022. They were top 10 in threes, finished top 10 in offense. Mm. In that 2021 season, 14th in threes. 18th in offense. There are a lot of limited players on Miami who need to make three-pointers. It's like Hero can do stuff with the ball. Jimmy can do stuff with the ball. You would like Lowry to be one of those guys, but everybody else has to have a shot created for him. And if they're not able to really puncture the defense, then they're not able to get these three-pointers up. So it has been a bad start, certainly, uh, for the Heat. But they have played all playoff teams so far. So, I mean, it is. (laughs) It's more surprising that the Sixers are 1-3. and three. They've got the worst loss here. They lost to the Spurs, the least impressive win, beating the Pacers. But, yeah, they are providing a little bit of cover, I do think, for Miami struggling out of the gate. Any other thoughts on, on Miami here early in the year? Yeah, it is always the, the question is when are they going to get into the lane and create for others? And Tyler Hero has been put into the starting lineup for that exact reason. P.J. Tucker gone. Tyler Hero doesn't play the same position, but they just need another ball handler to uh, be beside Kyle Lowry. So they got to find that balance of when Tyler gets the ball and creates and when Kyle Lowry does that. And right now, yeah, Tyler, uh, his three-point shot uh, off uh, last night, two of nine, but they still get after it. It was still, uh, it looked felt like a Miami Heat game. Uh, and it is odd that they're still middle of the pack defensively, but uh, they did a good job against uh, the Raps. They were, they were fighting and scrapping, uh, and it shows in Tyler Hero's 
rebound number. He had 15 boards. That's weird. Tyler yeah. Hero. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're fighting. That's a lot of rebounds. The, I th- you could tell Eric Spolstra's gotten in his ear. You want to play? Uh, we need we need a gang rebounding type of team uh, because this is – I know that people people claim the Cavs bench is thin. This, this team's bench is now somewhat thin with yeah. Tyler Hero going into the starting lineup. Yep. So – you know, like the Raps rely on their starters a lot, the Heat are going to do that. Yeah, and it's not helping when two of your starters are not playing all that well. Lowry has been yeah. absolutely garbage. Mm-hmm. That pains me to say as a diehard Raptors fan, or a Lowry fan, I should say. He has been so bad. Because the other thing is, like, Lowry could have bad games, at least when you looked at the box score, but he's having an impact on the game. He's taking charges. He's, he's you know, timely baskets, timely assists. He's not really doing any of that that I saw. He finally picked up a charge last night because he knew OG was just going to barrel into the rim. He's like, <laughs> well, I've seen this before in practice. I'll just step here. But just having no impact. And then Bam Adebayo, is, he's done next to nothing this season as well. I mean, unless he is rolling to the rim, you have big dunk last night sort of like down the lane crickets from him as well so those the two starters that are like you know been all-stars are giving you nothing and it's left to jimmy and then hero you know now in the starting lineup he's doing his best but uh it's just a weird start and yeah you were talking about the three-point shooting last night's game illustrated that like the raptors 42 to 24 from three-point range when you look at just the points and then 27 13 and fast breaks for the raptors and that was a big part of the fourth quarter they hit five threes the raps did and that was enough to get it done and, and get the split there. Nice to have uh, Chris Boucher back for the Raptors as well. Talk about a bench being bad. The Raptors had been that rap, that Raptors bench had been non-existent for three games. Boucher comes back. You know now it's him and Precious there, and they both had monster games. So maybe they'll be uh, off and running here. Final one. Speaking of Precious, tastier beef. Two guys that went for twenty plus <laughs> rebounds last night. Precious Achua with uh, twenty two off the bench, or birthday boy Vucevic. With 23. Trey, taste your beef. Two beefs on one night, JD. I didn't send in a video, but that's still a lot of roast beef. I'm going with Vooch for three reasons. Number one, first and foremost, I'm a homer. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. No surprise. But also 21 rebounds through three quarters. He was beefing early, ended up with 23. You got to give a shout out to Precious. 22 on a bench beef. That's super impressive to come Very off, off, the, off, the, off the, the pine and beef up. Uh, but yeah, mm. the birthday beef. For Vooch, I think, kind of pushes him over the edge. And the fact that he had 10 offensive rebounds and was just honestly destroying the Celtics inside with the offensive rebounds. So you split it up nice, 10 and 13. That's good to go. So, yeah, give me Vooch. But I love to see a guy coming off the bench and just rebound as hard as possible for, like, 30 straight minutes. That's pretty hilarious. That's revenge beef, too, against his former team traded for Lowry. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely a reason why he beefed in this particular game. Yeah, no Scotty Barnes, which which hurt uh, the Raps in the starting lineup, but they throw in Christian Coloco into the starting lineup. Him and Pascal Siakam, the first two Cameroonians to start together in an NBA game. So very cool there. And uh, Same team, at least, yes. Same team. Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. What did I say? Uh, I mean, I'm just clarifying because it's not Same like game I said? Two... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. You're right. You're totally right. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, uh, Precious Chua, yeah. Uh, there's a Raptors contingent that wants him in the starting lineup. Nick Nurse says no. Uh, you're coming off the bench, sir. Him and him and Chris Boucher will work really well together when they get it going. Yeah, they, I mean that's what Nurse did last year. Those two guys would come in off the bench together a lot of the times, and it's like, whoa, it's a bit of a game changer at least uh, from the op- for the opposition. Like these two, you know, Boucher firing away from corner threes. He had a couple last night. Obviously, both guys can do work on the boards. 
decent uh, um, defenders inside. Uh, Precious is like, this was a monster game, but he has had a bad season up until last night. Um, it was, you know, I want to come up. I'm trying to, I feel like there's something to a nickname where his name is Precious, so there might be a Gollum and Schmeagle. Uh, sort of Lord of the Rings angle. Maybe it's because I was watching that new show. But it's like, okay, Gollum would be, what, the bad version of Precious? And Schmeagle would be the good version? It's like, well, I mean, we, we, don't even, we didn't even know Schmeagle, right? Like, <laughs> Is this why you were asking JD? Yeah. Man, what's a, who was Gollum back when he was like, well, he was, was like a I hobbit, wanted, right? I wanted to clarify that Gollum was a hobbit, like way back in the day. JD, you can confirm this, right? And his name was Schmeagle? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. 99 percent sure. <laughs> well, anyway, now Lord of the Rings is not my. I'm not an expert per se. Have you watched the new series? Uh, I've seen a couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. I'm into <laughs> okay, it. you like the elves? Love the elves. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> I love the elves. <laughs> Sounds like a good bagel shop to me. Gollum and Schmeagle. <laughs> Schmear, yeah. Yeah, Schmear, that's where it's going. Yeah, all rigs. Oh, there you go. Let's go. That's not a bad idea. (laughs) Anyway, there's something there. Let's figure it out with Precious. Uh, He has his his bad moments, and he has great moments like last night with with all of those rebounds. Two great. Were those the first big beefs of the year, or did we, like, did Gobert Gobert had a uh, weekend beef. Yeah. Uh, But uh, to circle back, we asked the people, do you want a blooper video of Marcus Smart hitting a ref with a ball twice? 90% say yes. 90. 10% say no. <laughs> no. No, no, not very disrespectful to the ref. It's true. One hit is fine. Uh, let's just quickly touch on any of these other games. Uh, already brought up Harden and Embiid leading the Sixers past the Pacers for their first win. The Rockets handed the Jazz their first loss, mm. 114-108. And uh, the Knicks uh, kept the Magic winless. With the 115-102 victory. You guys want to touch on any of those? Any notes? Yeah, it's understandable the Jazz are going to lose eventually. We'll get into a, a little beef. Speaking of beefs, uh, mm-hmm. on the other side, the Houston Rockets had a little beef uh, later on in the show. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers, of course, they're going to win a basketball game. It's fine. Uh, they got their first W. Uh, the Knicks holding off uh, uh, the Magic team that I was watching this game, and they were... They felt like they were hot. It felt like the, the Magic were going to outperform this Knicks team. Uh, so a good sign there, I think, for the Knicks to have uh, their big three perform. Yeah. 20-plus from Brunson, Barrett, and Julius Randle. But in all honesty, I was just gawking at uh, Paolo Boncaro on the other side. I mean, for such a huge guy, he's got the sidestep jumper going uh, in the NBA already. Uh, he's he can, he can do what he wants, and he had 11 free throws in this game. He's on his way to superstardom. If you're getting double-digit free throws already to start your season, he's got the bag. But anyway, the Knicks, uh, yeah, hold off, came out of the locker room, and finished the job in the second half. This has been a good start to the Knicks season. They lost to the Grizzlies in overtime in their opener and then have played two of the East's likely you know, cellar dwellers there in the Pistons and the Magic, but took care of business in both games. And they, the Knicks, are playing with more pace and are grabbing a ton of offensive rebounds. Like, they're just getting way more shots than the other team. And I've been really impressed, and I know Fred Katz was tweeting about it last night, uh, Julius Randle, who has, you know, he's gotten better at his decision-making. It's not as sluggish. He's making quicker reads uh, on the defense. But he's also just, like, running the floor. And he's, like, getting easy baskets that way. And so you have Brunson, who I was really high on joining this team to make him into, like, a real respectable team. Barrett struggled with a shot, but you know he's still giving you like whatever sixteen points per game. And then Randall's playing really, really well. Those like they're they're quote unquote big three. Good start to the season. Takes you know. the pressure off. Brunson it does. takes the pressure off. It Randall, does. right? You know, Randall knows when he's running down the floor. Oh, 
the thing's not going to go through me every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can put some effort into that. He looks like he's in great shape, too, Randall, yeah. and he looks like he's in a good mental space, very happy, very smiley on the court. There's definitely a lightness around the Knicks right now that yeah. wasn't there during the middle of last season, but you're exactly right. Paolo Boncaro is the real deal. <laughs> Holy crap. Oof. Four 20-point games to start his career. Pretty impressive. He's their go-to guy right now. Franz has struggled a little bit out of the gate here. And a nice game for Bull Bull. 19 oh my points. Goodness. This guy's legitimately in the rotation right now for the Magic. Shout out. They have a thousand big guys, and Bull Bull <laughs> is yeah earning his spot. He was able to go three-point line to corner on defense, uh, able to have some footwork on the defense. He had a Euro step. Looks yeah. like a, looks like a travel travel when Bull Bull has a Euro step because it's so slow, um, but legitimately in the rotation contributing. It's great. He's blocking guys' jump shots. He's got a couple of those this season. Four blocks last night. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Clyde Frazier was loving him. He's mm. like, look at this guy. He was pumped that he wears the same number as him too. <laughs> number ten. He was very ecstatic about that. Uh, yeah, good game from him. Even yeah. though they have yet to find a W. And uh, I, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. They're zero and four. That's that's what they do. They're they're looking for aliens. They're looking for Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> that's oh, what they what they should good. be doing. Uh, but I hate to go play on words on uh, the most meatbally of meatballs. We're looking for which NBA player would be the most meatbally. But meatball yep. bowl is good. I like you know, it. Like it's good. a bowl of meatballs. <laughs> even though even though he's the thinnest guy, so it doesn't really yeah. it doesn't really fit his persona. But you know That's he guy, can come that, off the that bench. Guy, that guy's the spaghetti to the people, <laughs> yeah. He's so damn skinny. Alright, let's uh take our first break and when we come back, we got a bunch of NBA headlines to tackle. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Wanna get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, I have some NBA headlines for you guys. And the first one here from The Athletic. You ever heard of it? Love that I website. have. It's a great site. Uh, the Pelicans' Brandon Ingram enters concussion protocol. So no timetable for Ingram's return. I know he's out tonight. They uh, host the Dallas Mavericks, I think, on TNT. But Ingram's going to have to clear a series of steps to ensure he is symptom-free before resuming basketball activities. Yeah, what do you think of this? 
Too bad for the Pelicans. Talked about it yesterday, but they've got the Mavs, Suns, Clippers, Lakers, and Warriors the next two weeks. Don't know how long Brandon Ingram is going to be out, but reasonable that he misses a big chunk of those five games. They've also got Zion to worry about, who had a a nasty fall. Not going to be a long-lasting thing, it doesn't sound like. And Herb Jones tweaked his knee, which is probably the most concerning chance of recurring uh, of these three injuries. So kind of, you know, three tough ones for the Pelicans, but... They basically just need to survive with C.J. McCollum and Jonas Valanciunas. Pretty solid start to the season for them. You beat the Lakers, you steal one of those other four games, and you're living the life uh, while having a couple of your best scorers out of the lineup. So that's why you have a deep team. That's why you have so many people who can score with the ball in their hands so that if one of them goes out, somebody else can step in and next man up mentality. But too bad because we just want to see Ingram and Zion on the court together and see what this Pelicans team can actually be. Yeah, I, I know you've been mentioning that Brandon Ingram, one of the most underrated players I think so. in the NBA. Absolutely. The first two people that people talk about when they talk about the Pelicans, it's Zion, obviously, yeah. and C.J. McCollum yeah. is, is, is stealing the limelight. But as Trey said, they're so deep, none of this can spoil their start to the season, I don't think. Obviously, Brandon Ingram is out for a long time, but they're so good. You saw it when they came back against the Utah Jazz the other day without Zion, without Brandon Ingram. They had CJ as their lead guy and then just everybody working their ass off around him. A guy like Larry Nance stepped in and was throwing down, you know, doing tapping the top of his head because he was dunking on people. They have a very deep roster uh, when it comes mm-hmm. down to it. So I don't think this can spoil the uh, this bit of a Cinderella start uh, to this season. And everybody's kind of Cinderella pick to go deep. It's too, it's too early and uh, no one's out for too long. So I'm not getting down quite yet. Yeah, B.I. for sure out tonight. Zion... Herb Jones are day-to-day, so we'll find out if they play tonight. Um, I'm fascinated to see if they do, maybe one of them. Let's say Zion doesn't play. I don't know what their starting lineup will be. That'll be a fascinating decision there from Willie Green. You know, C.J. McCollum, obviously the point guard. I would assume Trey Murphy the third in there. This guy's on fire from deep to start the season, 9 of 15 uh, in his second year. I mean, who fills the Herb Jones spot? That's Yeah, that's a tough one. Is it Marshall? Is it Larry Nance? uh, Jackson Hayes? If you have the two forward spots to fill in Herb Jones and Zion, uh, or Ingram, however you want to look at it, he's got bodies like names we just said, but, uh, you know, it's not Zion and Mm -hmm. B.I., and they're not coming off the bench to contribute that way. So it gets pretty thin there in a hurry. But Valanciunas, your center, we'll see tonight. We'll see if they can... uh, stay in this game with the Dallas Mavericks and uh, and take care of business at home. Hopefully just Ingram's out for, yeah, two, three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. that. That's, I think, uh, fingers crossed on that and the other guys. It's nothing that serious. All right, our next one's interesting. comes from ESPN. Adam Silver says the NBA is monitoring serious tanking issue. And then within the article, this is from Baxter Holmes, he talked about the idea of relegation maybe in the NBA one day. Well, he sort of did. <laughs> he said uh, that <laughs> he loves the concept. He loves the idea of it. Maybe, you know, you do something with the G League, like where the team in the NBA with the worst record, or maybe the two worst records, they go down to the G League, and the two best G League teams, they come up to the NBA, like your European model there in soccer. But then he was like, eh, that would be destabilizing. So he, like, threw it out there, and was like, it'll never happen. We're not probably. doing that. Yeah, probably not. Um do you, do you think it'll never happen? In a he major- basically said it'll never happen because if we bring G League teams up, they won't be able to compete. Then they just go right back down and we send the NBA teams up back together. Um, this was a weird report to me. It's basically Adam Silver saying, we know there's going to be tanking. Don't you do it. 
We don't have any way to stop you, but we will be watching. So I think all this means is that we could see some potential fines eventually mm. during the season uh, if teams are resting players when they shouldn't be, because otherwise there are no like measures that mm. Silver can take this season. Yeah, this specific season, totally. I think he is throwing out the G League idea out there uh, because he does want to come down on teams. It's totally true. I think there there has to be some form of punishment. He, he this is the most concerned he's been. In several years, uh, last you know the last couple of years, there hasn't been a lot of tanking teams. There hasn't been, uh, but with this alien Victor Wembanyama coming out uh, this season, he addressed it preseason. He he said that uh, uh, through our lottery, that could there's a way that teams could get him. I know many of our NBA teams are salivating at the notion of that, so he's very aware of that. And um, I'm not so sure though, if you were to relegate teams, that the teams that came up would automatically go back down I, I, we're watching the san antonio spurs run up and down in an 82 game set i don't think they'd be the worst teams how, how many teams are we talking two i don't think i don't one think or one or two i think would be max i yeah. mean i mean the fact that they've built this the g league up to be more of a, a a direct minor league to pay players more to take players away from going to college instead the g league's getting stronger i think that's clear and they've brought it closer to the the nba I know he's just throwing sort of throwing that out there, but I think you throw it out there to leave a little vestige in people's <laughs> mind that maybe one day, no maybe one day. I know it's not. I don't know. He's he's getting closer and closer. We got an in-game tournament coming. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to uh, the Premier League. It's 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 not it's not unthinkable. I don't think he told the employees. By the way, this was all said at like a, a him talking like to the Suns uh, employees, right? Um, he said, "Quote." you know, from sources from Baxter Holmes, it would so disrupt our business model, the idea of relegation. And even if you look, sorry, even if you took two teams up from the G League, they wouldn't be equipped to compete in the NBA. There's two ways to look at that part, equipped. You can look at it like they get their asses handed to them because <laughs> they're a bunch of G Leaguers playing NBA guys. Eh, maybe. I sort of agree with you, Tass. Like, are we so sure? Like, would they? But I also think he means literally equipped in terms of where they play, their staffing, how does this go? Like in relegation in, in, in or when you come up in soccer, right? They're like basically given tons of cash. I mean, you're, you know, to get up there. That's why they're playing for it, to get up into the big leagues. How would that work in the NBA? I mean, would it ever? That's why it's so far-fetched. It is. Um, I mean, it's it would be cool. I'd love to see the Raptors 905 take on the Raptors in, a, in an NBA game. It'd be cool, if they, the Raptors. Yeah, It'd be exactly. cool if they played well, but... Yeah. They don't. Uh, in, in you know, in previous All Star games, we had a a D League All Star game uh, and a D League sorry D League All Star team at Summer League. Excuse me, they get they get usually get beat by Summer League teams, not by NBA teams. So do you call it D League because uh, uh, Gatorade doesn't pay you? <laughs> no, because they no. I'm 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 being precise here. I know I wasn't. Oh, precise. you're saying back in the day. I, I wasn't precise with the two Cameroonians playing on the same team together <laughs> in the starting lineup, uh, but I'm being precise here. And yeah, the D League All Stars would get hammered by Summer League teams. So you know. Uh, uh, I, so you think there's a better way to. Uh, obviously not incentivized tanking. I mean, they've tried, too. The play-in? Okay. The flattening of odds? So it's like, if you're the worst team, you don't get a 25% chance. And now you're if you're one of the worst teams, you sort of share the same percentage. Like, they have taken steps. Steps mm-hmm. have been taken. Yeah, and I, and I think the right steps so far. Um, and But maybe there's other things, too. I know there's been a lot of talk about, like, teams that are out 
of the playoffs are suddenly like almost battling from their record then on to then almost win high picks, you know, and things mm. like that of that nature. So probably not relegation, but I'm sure a lot of people have opinions on this. Would you love to see, what's your favorite G League team? <laughs> Ignite. <laughs> second By favorite. What's your Ignite. second favorite G League team? Windy City Bulls. There you, there you go. That's okay. <laughs> Would you be pumped to see them have a chance no. to get in? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I like the NBA players. I like the best players. Yeah. That's why that, they're all in the NBA. That's the biggest issue. Yeah. The, the level of players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think, could there be something where, like, you as a G League team get bumped up because an NBA team gets bumped down, but you get to, like, keep, like, half their players or something like that? So you get to keep the, yeah. NBA, the best NBA players. <laughs> yeah, but you just get the team. <laughs> now it's, like, where where yeah. is Windy City located? Are they just a uh, suburb of Chicago? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Arlington Heights, I believe. Oh, I would love to go to Arlington Heights. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> Not that exciting. <laughs> Wasn't, so Leicester won the Premier League. Weren't they a relegated team once upon a time? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Uh, there are Cinderella stories, for sure. But does it work in football because, <laughs> because they're just good enough to defend and they don't necessarily like they're able to just hold off the better teams the better players the better offensive players because it's different you know it's a different game is that what happens there's like four goals yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's like four plays that matter i get well i don't know I, you know i don't want to be ignorant about football but <laughs> that's that's what it feels like your defense can just hold off the the talented strikers if that's how it works i don't know i don't know I said Arlington Heights, but I meant to say Hoffman Estates. I know you were oh, I would You're like, there's to, no way it was Arlington there. Heights. Why would they put it in Arlington Heights? Hoffman Estates makes more sense. Oh, Hoffman Estates. That sounds bougie. Regal. Yeah. We're going to the Hamptons, almost. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's the, what it's, like. it's the Midwest Hamptons. <laughs> the Midwest Hamptons yeah. and Hoffman Estates. Uh, all right. Our uh, next headline here, the New York Post. Headline read, Brooklyn Nets dead last in NBA season ticket sales as prices soar. Oh, the New York Post get you with the headline, don't oh, they? They, just they get like, you, buddy. They, yeah, the, the Post, they, they buried the nets in this article. They did. They did. But it doesn't really matter that they're dead last in season ticket sales. Why? They're, they're down, yeah, about 30% from, like, if you read the article, from eight to 9,000 in season ticket sales down to about 5,000. They did jack yeah. up prices on more than half the tickets. That's a, that's a big yeah, reason. Yeah, like quite a bit, apparently. Uh, there is, uh, you know, a drama within this team that probably hurts the season ticket sale, sure. but they still are going to sell tickets because they rely more on same day tickets than a lot of other teams. Right. You know, they were, they were pretty far down in terms of season tickets last year, uh, but they ended up 10th in attendance revenue because they re- rely on same day ticket sales. So this is, it's, uh, listen, I think, I have an aversion here to watching the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, because <laughs> You're not alone, I guess. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's something that's going on within the Brooklyn Nets fan base as well. Um, but I think they'll still be middle of the pack type type of vibe. But as far as the roster goes, who the heck knows if this if watching it, it doesn't feel like this roster will be the same come the end of the year. And then what happens to season ticket prices come next year? I think they could go down even further. But yeah, as far as the books go. It's more of a headline article, I think, and and yeah, they they are down. That there's they're totally true, but they'll be middle of the pack, I think, when it comes down to it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. If I were buying tickets for a Nets game, I would want to do it same day sales so I could know who is actually going to be in the lineup. Hmm. The more eye opening things to me is that 
the prices have gone up by more than 50% for the team's 41 home games, and they're up 66% compared to the 2019 season. That's too much. <laughs> NBA tickets are too expensive. Yeah, like yeah. You talk about yep. some fans being priced out in some arenas. It's not going to be too long before all fans are priced out of all arenas. It's just too expensive. You throw on ticket fees for whatever service you're using, and you're spending $200 easily to go to a game with your family of four. Like, before you even get into the <laughs> into the, the arena yeah, and do sure. anything, then yeah. you go buy a $4,000 hot dog. So, the NBA is going to have a problem if ticket prices yeah. keep going like this. But it's honestly ticket prices for every single thing you could go to, except for whatever reason, that Grizzlies versus Knicks game that was 7 bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should have went to that one. <laughs> yeah, the Grizzlies are doing a good job of uh, keeping their prices down. They have not priced out their fans. But, yeah, looking at it now, the Nets are 13th in attendance. They've so. had sellouts already this year. Yeah, from same day sales. Same day sales. Not worrying. Kinda, yeah, it's it's not worrying for them, but I totally agree. Yeah, the 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 fees get ya. They get ya, and it's not just the the price. They're pricing out in so many buildings. Our hometown of Toronto. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be here today if the season ticket prices were way higher. I mean, I got in. You know, we were paying twenty five bucks a seat uh, back then in, in two thousand one, and. I was uh, up in the yeah, nosebleeds, became, but yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Just to get in the building, for it's, sure. it's it's ridiculously expensive. Yeah. And you know, shout out to those. Uh, there's a company there that's in my Instagram ads that's trying to get rid of the ticket fees. It's it's an ad with three bros basically just saying what Trey just said. It's uh, <laughs> the guys just saying ticket fees are too ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got this startup that uh, gets rid of your <laughs> ticket fees. I don't know what the brand is. Mm. Not an ad. Uh, come advertise on No Dunks, <laughs> but it, be, because we believe in that product, because it, the ticket fees are ridiculously high. You just had me thinking about like how expensive it is to go to the game, and like you know you could just stay at home and watch it, obviously on League Pass or whatever. What happened to VR? <laughs> That's a good call. Uh, you're not hearing anybody VR? talk about VR now. You're not. The NBA integration with VR? Yeah. That yeah. was apparently the next big thing. You're never even going to have to go to the arena. We were all going to be sitting courtside. What's going on? <laughs> I think I think they saw... Yeah, there, so there was a weekly game <laughs> VR that was only VR. And maybe and there still VR. is for all we know. It's but... possible, but I think maybe they stopped. You know, the pandemic stopped a lot of things. I think the pandemic may have stopped the, uh, the really? VR production. You think that's when it would have popped off? Yeah. You think they're too busy working on legs in the metaverse over at Facebook? <laughs> legs are coming. <laughs> I thought the legs were here. Or they're just uh, the legs have arrived. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, Zuckerberg got his legs first. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, are you VRing NBA games? Somebody let me know in the stream team or tweet mm. at me at JE Skeets. I'm legit serious. I felt like. We were on the verge of, like, everybody doing it. You were dabbling. I was there. You dabbled. You I dabbled. was courtside. I was courtside. I was yeah. eating virtual popcorn. <laughs> I was I was absolutely <laughs> loving that popcorn. My goodness. <laughs> I, I was going back for seconds. Thankfully, it was a bucketless or a bottomless bucket. It was so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's no calories, either. Yeah, it's air, yeah. <laughs> um, but, man, I couldn't get enough of it. I'm glad it stopped. I'm glad VR stopped. Why? <laughs> because I like watching the actual yeah, they, game. They only, had, they only had three things. They had, you could eat air popcorn at an NBA arena. They had Beat Saber, you know, where yeah, you gotta yeah, like do the cool stuff. Well. And then your friend will always show you something nasty. Uh, some VR. porn. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's the only three things. Porn VR is still kicking alive like, and you well. You gotta see this video, you gotta see this uh, dancing to a music game and you're gonna have to see a week. You're gonna have to. <laughs> VR. <laughs> <That's> the pitch. <laughs> they need something else besides that. I think is the problem. I couldn't even get like a cool game. I couldn't get beyond the lobby of a VR experience. <laughs> like where am lobby. I? Oh my goodness! 
it's uh it's it's tough it's tough to navigate but then there's those uh what is this? What are you talking about? The skiing game? Is that what it is? No, I thought it's... there was a skiing game where you hit rings or something. Oh, okay. duck, there is. Yeah. Duck, that was fun. Yeah. I got in uh, um, I got in the ring once. <laughs> I made my boxing <laughs> debut. That's, it was scary, man. <laughs> oh, legit scary. Well, VR sounds Terrifying. good. VR is good, but like, why aren't we talking about it when it comes to the NBA product? So what? Uh, who are you battling? I don't know, just some fake dude. <laughs> it was huge. Bald bull? That was scary. No, no. Mr. Sandman? I didn't, get, I didn't catch his name. He wouldn't touch gloves with me at the beginning. No sportsmanship in VR, if you ask me. All right, final one here. Uh, this is from The Athletic. You ever heard of it? Uh, once. Uh, earlier in the show. As the Lakers stumble early, Russell Westbrook trade possibilities linger. This is from Shams. Uh, he had a bunch on the Westbrook situation. Let me hit you with it. Over the summer, the Lakers reportedly discussed Westbrook trades with the likes of the Pacers, the Nets, the Jazz, even the Knicks, but they had been unwilling to part with both of their next trade-eligible picks. That 2027 pick, that 2029 first-round pick. Um, they, they just didn't want to put both in. Now, Sham said they are willing to include one of those picks in a Westbrook trade. He reports that Charlotte's Terry Rozier emerged as a trade target for the Lakers in the offseason. Interest remains high. And the Lakers, you brought this up earlier, Tess. Uh, preliminary discussions with the Spurs in recent weeks, showing interest in three uh, and D wing Josh Richardson. Um, do you see any potential Westbrook trades out there? Maybe that Shams is chucking our way, or something else. Well, I, I do think the uh, headline writer was bang on here with the Athletic. The Westbrook trades linger. I think I think the recipe here for the Lakers to start the season, although it's been ugly. Bodes well for a potential trade for Russell Westbrook because, number one, they're playing hard. Okay. As as I I don't mean as far as Westbrook the way what Westbrook is playing. Yeah. I don't think that really factors in. I don't think the other team that's going to trade for him particularly wants for that team to add uh, to their lineup at all. They, for they, them they to were play. doing it for picks. Yeah, they're doing it for the picks. Yeah. And the fact that we see the Lakers here, LeBron and AD are balling. They look very, very mm-hmm. good. So are you going to waste this season of Le- LeBron's career? I, I think that bodes well to push Rob Palenka to make the, that move. Also, the best defense in the league as of yesterday. Uh, so they're playing hard. Things are not as dismal as they were last year. So I think that bodes well to eventually have Rob Palenka probably include that second pick, which seems to be the the be all and end all for another team. Yeah. Now, the 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 talk was Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, but this talk, the sneaking in here of Josh Richardson uh, from the San Antonio Spurs, and what about Jakob Pertle being added to that package? It'd be nice because put AD to the act of the four, and obviously oh Pertle as a fits well. rim protector. Yeah. That fits well, and Jakob Pertle uh, is is helping out the San Antonio Spurs. There's no doubt, but eventually I think he, he's not really on the timeline with the Spurs. You got Victor Wembenyama coming, they hope, uh, to take his uh, center spot. I, I, those two uh, uh, salaries combined, nowhere close to West, Westbrook's, so they'd have to do something. Uh, it only adds up to 20 and Westbrook way over 40. So uh, they have to be by, you know within 10. <laughs> uh, Could getting, be third or fourth numbers. team. A third or fourth added. team would yeah. have to. But, but I like that idea, and obviously Westbrook and Pop – not a good combination, Westbrook and Greg Popovich. But again, it would be more about the the draft picks. The Spurs want to build. I, I think you those are vets, essentially, in Josh Richardson and Jakob Pertl that would add to the Lakers. And maybe, 
and maybe the Spurs and, and Marcy Buford would do it for one. I don't know. Maybe, um, yeah. But, but I would be very hesitant if the framework of a trade is Pirtle and Josh Richardson to give up two future first-round picks. Um, yeah, for those well, guys. That, that's why I know I, you want to help your team and you want to help LeBron's chances to win, but do those guys really take them to a level? No, that's well, that's why I think the price is 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 cheaper. Yeah, and it wouldn't be two picks; it it could be one. Trey, what do you think? You think that you get Doug McDermott as well? <sighs> yeah, he would help. He, he would, would honestly help. help. This was um, the thing that really stuck out to me from this article. The Lakers appear determined to give the current roster a proper sample size of 20 to 25 games and assess their needs. We know what their needs are. They need lasers. Yeah. They need shooters. Yeah. So is 20 to 25 games too long Yeah. to wait? That feels like a long time, a quarter of the season. Your team ain't that different than it was last exactly. year. Yeah, yeah. You needed the same things last year. So why so long this because year? Because Rob Palinka wants to enjoy the holidays. That's a good point. <laughs> That's Thanksgiving's why. Coming up. Who wants he, to work over Thanksgiving? Well, with he Christmas loves trick or treating. Yeah, he loves it. He's going as Rob Lowe this year. He's got his NFL <laughs> hat. He'll just pop it on. Yeah. Oh, Lowe again. <laughs> He went as uh, the guy from Parks and Recreation that one year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he went as the guy from Wayne's World that one yeah, year. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that he was loves, really good. He loves, really good. Yeah, he, he loves Halloween. Yeah, he loves Halloween. But he should love trading Russell Westbrook because right now it feels like it's going to be Westbrook or they're going to somehow find a way to blame this on Darvin Ham because you see his name appearing a lot in this article and some talk about he said he was going to send Russell Westbrook to the bench. As we've seen, Russell Westbrook is not on the bench. He's still playing crunch time for the most part. He's still handling the ball in crunch time. That's going to eventually come down on Darvin Ham if Russell Westbrook yeah. sticks around and plays the way he has been. I don't necessarily – I'm with you, Skeets. Pirtle, Richardson, McDermott, they're probably not taking you over the edge, but you're just doing the exact same thing you did last year if you don't try something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice add-in of McDermott as well because he immediately addresses something. Yeah. I mean, he had a four three-point game on the weekend – and he's not on the timeline of the Spurs as well. He's over 30, surprisingly. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
All right, those are the headlines. Let's get to Pick'em from last night. I cannot find a W. Uh, I took Denver because I was like, well, Tass is on fire. I'm just going to back him. They were favored by two and a half in Portland. Trey swerved because, like me, he hates to see the same uh, logo uh, three times on a graphic. And it, and it worked out for you. What a win for the Blazers. So, Tass 4-1. and one. You're two and three. I'm one and four. What's tonight's game? Only four games on tonight. Yeah, and we got a great one. Golden State and Phoenix, baby. Mm. Why the heck not? That's a good game. That's on TNT as part of their doubleheader. Golden State going into Phoenix, and Phoenix favored by two and a half points. But Trey and I think Golden State will take care of business. They got two points to play with. They can lose by two or win this game. Skeets. Taking Phoenix to win by three or more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's going on? I brought up VR. What's going on with Jay Crowder, too? When's he getting moved? Who's trading for Jay Crowder? Are the Hawks going to? The Bucks. I Bucks, saw, I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, our man JD threw this in our Slack channel. Stream live NBA games in VR a la carte starting February 23rd. Yeah. February? <laughs> Hold on. What are you, Rob Palenka? <laughs> And then, it, if you look, it's that article is from 2017. <laughs> Point proven. They've given up on it. I that. think they've given up. Yeah, they've yeah. given up. They're like, no one cares. Uh, they're like, they, they, they're like uh, the only guy talking about VR is this guy named Tass on this podcast. Uh, he kept talking about the fake popcorn he was eating. He didn't even care about the game. No, it was cool. I was getting virtual high fives. Listen, <laughs> every company is uh, spreading themselves thin here in 2022. Even the NBA. A multi-billion-dollar enterprise. <laughs> got to, it's got to cut the fat somewhere. You know, it's happening to our friends at Peloton. It's happening everywhere. You got to cut. Uh, speaking of circling back, our man Jerome threw this in the uh, slide. <laughs> ball. Meatball ball. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jerome. <laughs> Honestly, uh, that was no sarcasm. Thank you, Jerome, for this incredible graphic. I, I mean, it, it's the it's the the colander on the head with yeah, the spaghetti hair, level. and then the meatball as a ball. Yeah, is it just just a chef's kiss? Yeah. Awesome touch. Thank you, Jerome. Two, what, meat, see, two meatballs, f- spaghetti, and a colander. Yeah, it'd be fun if somebody in the stream team, of course, or listening or watching, um, went out this year uh, on Halloween dressed as exactly this yeah. and see if you get any reaction. Try and find a No Dunks fan. That's what you would be doing. What are you? Oh, you're Meatball <laughs> <laughs> Great costume. Oh, this is my friend. Meatball Bull. Oh, nice to meet you, Meatball Bull. Why don't you meet Meatball Bull? And his legs are thin. They kind of look like chopsticks as well. Yeah. I like yeah. eating my pasta with chopsticks sometimes. I never have, but why not? What? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. New, uh, you know, noodles. You have a ramen. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I never thought of that. Yeah, it just, it just sits on there. <laughs> it's lovely. Good for you. Good for me. Thank you. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. As I said a little bit earlier, there was a bit of a brouhaha, a little bit of a ruckus on the Houston <laughs> Rockets bench last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you saw Jalen Green got into it with Jabari Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. And uh, the great Jasmine Watkins pointed this out. Uh, she was watching the game. She saw that Jabari Smith Jr. went at Jalen Green. A little beef right there. But Eric Gordon, <laughs> Rockets teammate, wants nothing of it he's just sitting there just just watching it happen uh and then she attached the photo i do my work i go home yeah that's uh, eric gordon just saying i'm i'm here to just just 
you know, play the game and leave. <laughs> I, I don't want none of this drama. Well done uh, by Jasmine Watkins, who is a, a great follow, mm-hmm. an, an absolute great follow on Twitter. Yeah, Eric Gordon doesn't want, doesn't want to get into this. I like this, this Jalen, Jabari Smith. Man, I like the good. fire. I like yeah, the fire from Jabari. And, and uh, Jalen Green, man, he's. I love him. It's got to be a little difficult to play with as a teammate. Tell me more. <sighs> Tell me more. Man, that guy is focused on his own shot. Yeah. <laughs> and he takes a lot of shots where you're like, what are you doing? But this could have been good. They won, this could have been good. Yeah. They got the win. Jabari Smith's best game as a rook by far. Are yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty one and nine. He had been struggling uh, through his first uh, three games. So yeah, their first one of the season. Yeah, beating an undefeated Utah Jazz team. This is good for them. Although yeah, the the Jalen Green thing. Hey, and Jalen had twenty five last night. Shot a good percentage. Hit threes. He just he just when you watch. I've watched a lot of Rockets here early in the season as they are a fun team to watch. And, yeah, uh, and they obviously have a lot of young talent on this team. And I really do love Jalen Green. I think he's actually one of the coolest looking guys in the league. Yeah, love his look. Um. But he just comes down and just takes these shots where you're like, whoa, what do you, man, you guys can get a better shot than this. He just heat checks himself. He doesn't, I mean, he's a bucket getter. I get it, but a little too aggressive at times. And maybe, I don't know if that's what was going on. I don't know if that, it could have uh, been a defensive it's lapse. Easy, it's I'm easy to sure. read into that and say, a that guy bit. shoots too much. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but Eric Gordon sitting there, he's the type of guy that you want, the only guy really that's playing that's a vet, as mm. far as I know. I mean, they're so young. Boban Marjanovic was hanging out there. You saw him in the getting get in between Jalen Green because he is uh, the I mean they brought they they're happy to have him on the roster to be a peacemaker. Uh but yeah, yeah they uh they, they they lack the veterans, that's for sure. Uh, Joel here in the stream team points out maybe Green wanted to show up for all the Filipinos uh in attendance Those last Filipino night. Heritage. Yeah, he, I know he did something after the game where he went and did like a little uh little hang session with them there on yeah. the floor. There's a lot a lot of Filipinos there. So Yeah, it was heritage night. Yep. I saw a lot of uh local Restaurant owners, uh, that was great. They they honored them. That was great. That was awesome. a great moment on League Pass. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Excellent. All right, let's call it there, guys. New no breaks coming up later today. Trey and Graydon breaking down uh, the F1 race in Austin, one o'clock p.m. Eastern. No That's breaks right. has its own YouTube feed. You can join them live there on YouTube or uh, subscribe to no breaks wherever you download and listen to your podcast leave your boys a five star rating and review when it comes to the no dumps podcast here we'd really appreciate that and we'll be back tomorrow only four games on tonight we could do a little bit of a a sort of a look back on one week of NBA basketball because after tonight that'll be official so if you've got a question you want us to tackle get them in I never know I would say we've played seven days already that's a week Mm could have done it today you're saying yeah we'll we, do it tomorrow we had all those great headlines that i found though no, it was, no you did a great job finding those headlines those are good topics it was a nice nice monday nice <laughs> today's tuesday no but it was a monday vault of topics i'd say <laughs> all right until uh, tomorrow clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember hoffman estates is the hamptons of the midwest brace the day people